For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. War Eagle, everybody. Welcome back once again to Believe in Everything Auburn. I am your host, Taylor Davis, joined, as always, by Mr. Jason Campbell. We're excited that you have joined us again today, everybody. The NFL draft has come and gone. That new generation of NFL talent starting their careers in the league. So, of course, we're going to give you a breakdown from all the action last weekend. We're going to talk about where these Auburn guys landed, even in free agency, and just our overall thoughts on the draft now that it is officially completed. So we are excited that you have joined us. Hope everybody's having a great week. I am in the midst of a homestand here in Kansas City. Royals in the middle of a seven-day homestand, so I am pretty tired. But I know my man J. Cam is going to bring the energy, as he always does, right? Y'all know it. What's up, people? Some people call me J Cam. Some people call me J Shizzle. Some people call me Smooth JC. Some people call me Big Smooth. But you know, today I am just Jason. And uh, welcome in to our podcast. We have a really good one today. It's a week after the draft, and we are ready to roll. And I've ran into some people this week, Taylor, on Monday at the Bo Jackson Golf Tournament. We're supposed to have. Of course, we got rained out, but we still end up having some fun as far as listening to the coaches talk. And one thing that Bo uh, talked about was. Um, you know, it was, you know, where's the state of Auburn football? And Coach Harson had came out and made a comment, I think, this week during some interviews. And he said he was looking for players where he felt like he needed to change the culture at Auburn. Like you feel like some guys want to show up some days and then yeah. some guys don't show up some days. So that goes to show you that's not Auburn football. And so we've got to get back to being honed in where guys love it and they want to be there and they're going to show up each and every day, no matter what kind of day they had before. So right. it was kind of good to see that he said that out loud to let people know, like, people, there's room to go before y'all just start throwing banners up. Totally. Oh, yeah. There's work to be done. Wait, what was the – it was a golf tournament? What are you talking about? You just, yeah, like, Bo, subtly yeah. drop in that you were supposed <laughs> to hang out with Bo Jackson. Like, that's a typical day for all of us. Well, yeah, I hung out with Bo this weekend. We, we sat down and yeah. talked at the uh, – it's, so it's like the Legends tournament, and uh, Bo Jackson is like the title that's on the tournament. So Bo oh, is there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we do it at East Lake every year. And, uh-huh. you know, it's, really, it's a really good deal. Uh, you get a chance to meet a lot of big-time people, big alumni, and then 
legends that played at Auburn. So we kind of all get together. That's why on my Instagram page, on the IG store, you saw guys with my arms around some of the players and I'm trying to tell them stories and they up there talking about I'm lying and telling them oh. nobody <laughs> wants to really hear all that right now. Cause I was trying to tell them that I cook and they didn't want to believe it. I try to tell them yeah. I shoot, I shoot high. No, no, I shoot a, a pretty good number, uh, pretty good score in golf as we consider. And they didn't want to yeah. believe that. So I just say, you know what? Man. Since y'all Put don't want to believe respect anything, on yeah, your I, said, I said, I said, just because y'all can't do what I'm doing. Don't, <laughs> don't cause me to be at fault. But yeah, so it was a great time. And um, actually had a couple of people say they listened to our podcast and they said, man, we Yay. look forward to hearing y'all podcast when it comes out because y'all really give some good insight. And y'all flow really well. And uh, so that was some good compliments. So it lets me know that the podcast is growing. We like to hear that and appreciate the support as always. Well, hope you guys enjoyed that. I, uh, my invite must have been lost in the mail, unfortunately, but uh, I'll, I'll make sure to be there next year. Okay, let's talk a little draft, everybody. We are going to start out talking about where our Auburn Tigers landed. But first, I'm going to tell you guys about our loyal sponsors. And of course, starting it off, Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. All you have to do is head to the website betonline.ag, or you can use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, let's talk draft. As expected, I would say the result was predictable. The order maybe was not what was expected, but that seemed to be kind of up in the air heading into the weekend anyway. But by the time the three-day NFL draft wrapped up, four Auburn Tigers heard their name called. First to go was, as predicted by JKM, Anthony Schwartz the number 91 overall pick in the third round to the Cleveland Browns. Following that was Jamie and Sherwood in the fifth round to the Jets, KJ Britt to the Bucks, and rounding it out, Seth Williams in the sixth round to the Broncos. So let's just start with those four. Any of that surprise you, whether order or who ended up going where, was any of it a shock to you? Not really. Uh, I think okay. we talked about it before that, uh, as a matter of fact, I think if you go back to last week's episode, I think I predicted that Anthony Swartz would go to the Cleveland Browns. You sure did. And uh, so look at there. Voila. Um, we know a little thing or two. Yeah, we know a little thing or two around here. So <laughs> that's not a shocker. I think we said yeah. maybe what, second round or something that they may have been looking at him, but they ended up mm-hmm. taking him in the third. Uh, and I think, you know, Swartz declaring early, I think that's probably where he would have thought he probably would have went. Um, yeah. He probably thought his speed may have gotten him into the second, but the draft is so unpredictable. It's all about who needs what when your time is when your slot comes, whether they need a yeah. receiver or they need a DB or what. So you really can't get your emotions caught up into where you're drafted and everything. Just be excited that you got drafted because now you get an opportunity to make the team, make the roster. And, uh, you know, make a living for yourself and do what you love to do, which is play the game of football. And now you do it for a living instead of just right. going to school and doing it. So, you know, it's it's a great opportunity for these guys. None of it really shocked me. I'd probably say K.J. Britt may have shocked me a little bit. I know he got drafted in the fifth. But like I said, I, I thought based off the pro uh, senior bowl that he would go a little higher. So a lot of that has to do because he missed most of all season last year. And – 
not knowing where he was at from a physical standpoint for his health. And then the other thing that hurt KJ, if KJ was playing back in my era, he'll be an easy late first rounder, some early second, just because the game of football was in your face type of football, play action pass and things like that. Now everything is so spread out. It's it's so yeah. finesse football as we call it. And he's a bigger linebacker. So he will probably be off the field on most third downs in the NFL. So mm-hmm. he you won't get that from him. You'll get him first and second down. Then he will be subbed out with someone else uh, in the passing game. So that will stop me a little bit. But other than that, the rest of them, Sherwood, we talked about him going the fifth round to the Jets. And uh, that's kind of where he was predicted to go. And like I said, the Jets are really getting a good, solid football player. And I really think that uh, – you know, this kid, he's a thumper. He gets better in pass coverage. You know, he can really he can really um, make himself a good living in the NFL. So which one of these results do you think is the most promising, like in terms of the guy's skill set matching the needs of their respective team? Which one of these do you think is going to end up being the best scenario? I, I honestly think it's going to come down between – Ah, I think it may just be Seth. And I'm going to say this, why I say that, because Seth is going to Denver. Uh, Denver just drafted Sertain in the first round, top 10. Okay, they faced each other. But the other aspect of it, they just drafted a receiver last year from Alabama. So yep. now they have young receivers, and then Seth is a guy you got. So you got your burner on the other side of you, but now you have Seth who can go up and get the football. Mm-hmm. And he can be more of your possession receiver, where most times on – first downs or third downs you just want a guy that can just if you need a need a ball and it's third and five you got to have someone to get the ball and you know it's going to be tight coverage maybe Seth is that guy you throw the ball up to and give him an opportunity to come down with it and it all depends on who's playing quarterback for Denver right you know if Aaron Rodgers ends up there he got a pretty good career you know yeah. uh right now they have Bridgewater and they have Drew Locke so mm-hmm. they're they're battling it out for the quarterback position so I think based off who's playing the position he may have the opportunity to have the most success I wouldn't say most of it. I think all of them have opportunity to be successful. Yeah, Maybe but it's a good the opportunity to be in a better situation. Yeah, it seems like a good match. I also they the Denver fan base seemed to really buy in. I saw that their social media team put the clip of that catch in the Kentucky game where Seth obviously caught the touchdown and then politely shoved his defender to the ground and flexed on him a little bit. They used that clip after he was drafted and uh, fans got really excited to see the intensity that he plays with. I actually really like KJ to the Bucks because it's going to be a, a bit of an Auburn reunion with guys like Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean down there as, you know, two pillars of that defense, really. Those two have had really impressive seasons, and I think that there is such a benefit in having some of that cohesion from your college days that are now going to translate to the league. And KJ's a guy that, you know, I, I, we talked about it last week. You've touched on it a little bit. His draft stock slid because of being injured this past season, I really believe. But I think he's somebody with the athletic footprint to have a successful NFL career. And I think him being somewhere that has a bit of an Auburn foundation laid to it, I I think that's going to be a really good situation as well. So super excited to see all of these guys. You know, it was also interesting, not crazy, but Jamie and Sherwood obviously played majority safety. He was listed as a linebacker when the Jets announced him Mm. as their pick. So, and that's the position that they – are in need of more. So I guess that's that's where he's going to be playing for them. How do you think he'll fare there? 
So Jaron, Jeremy Sherwood, I, I feel like they took him, like you said, they listed him as a linebacker when they drafted him. And it goes back to what you and you and myself have been talking about. This guy is a guy that's he's very physical. He's not mm-hmm. afraid of contact. He would come up and hit you. It's a finesse game nowadays. Mm-hmm. So you space him out. You want him out there in coverage. You don't want him to come off the field on third downs. Yeah. So he's basically a guy that's used to playing safety, but he can come down and play the linebacker position and line up with a tight end and have to cover tight ends because he has the speed to do that. And mm-hmm. that's the name of the game now. Teams are throwing the ball to the tight end so much on third downs and, and situations on first down. He a guy that would be used to being in coverage, so it wouldn't be so – I would probably say it wouldn't be so awkward for him to move to linebacker. Yeah. Just for that reason. Yeah. I think he certainly possesses the skill set and the build already that, that that seems to be like a pretty seamless transition. Just thought it was interesting to note that that was already established when they announced the pick. Um, also of note, Jordan Peters was very quickly selected as an undrafted free agent by the Jets. So he will be joining Jamie and Sherwood in New York and Eli Stove by the Los Angeles Chargers. So congratulations to both of those guys as well, to all the guys that heard their names called this past weekend. Want to get your input on the draft as a whole, not just where the Auburn guys landed, but got to tell you guys about our other sponsor, Kanan. It's time to make your outdoor experiences better with Kanan. Kanan sunglasses are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. They're made with Japanese optics that make their lenses clearer, lighter, and stronger, and Italian handcrafted frames that are impossible to scratch. That is really the key. Use the exclusive code KananCast15 at Kanan.com, and you're going to receive 15% off your first pair. So I'm going to spell it out for you. It's K-A-E-N-O-N. C-A-S-T-1-5 at Canaan.com. Okay, so again, we kind of predicted uh, a good bit of how the beginning portion of the draft took place. Uh, No surprise whatsoever in the least shocking pick ever. Uh, The Jags, of course, went with Trevor Lawrence at pick number two. The Jets did go with Zach Wilson. And there was, leading up to it, there were a lot of people still unsure if that was going to be what the Jets decided to do. And and was it all, you know, smoke and mirrors kind of thing? They were set on their guy. And I was watching a lot of, you know, breakdown shows ahead of the draft. And a lot of people are skeptical, not, you know, obviously when you turn on this kid's tape, there's a lot of almost Pat Mahomes qualities to him. He's got a crazy ability to throw on the run, throw against his body and and his arm strength is undeniable, but the caliber of opponents that he faced at BYU gives you, you know, uh, cause for pause or it could, you know, I think their, their toughest opponent last season was probably coastal Carolina who obviously put together a great season, but you know, it's easier to show out when you're consistently going up against lesser opponents week after week. But the same thing could be said for the number three pick in Trey Lance, who only had what 17 career games or something. I mean, this kid is young and he played at North Dakota state. I mean, these two, I think defied odds a little bit. I think they, they have shown their talent and their ability, but what they've shown it against isn't your typical you know, top three draft pick. And I I think it's a really great story for both of them. And I'm excited to see 
how they really do translate to the league. So when you saw both of these go at two and three and not just go at two and three, but go before Justin Fields who played at Ohio state and played at the level in which he did shocked, surprised in agreement. What, what would feeling? <laughs> well, 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 people, um, Taylor, I'm exactly on point with you. First and foremost, I say this, Wilson and Trey Lance, both, like you said, they're not at fault because of the competition they have to play against. Totally. Um, so you play against who you have to play against and you know they perform at a high level now the thing is like you said like what level of competition it was compared to you know what a guy like justin fields had faced and trevor mm -hmm. lawrence has faced and matt jones had faced is a totally different ball game and uh and that's where i feel like the jets fell in love with the ferrari you know yeah. we always talk about the luxury vehicle versus the the tough nose vehicle mm -hmm. and uh I feel like they, they saw this kid's pro day and the kid was rolling to his left. He can lunch it all the way back across his body, 60 yards in the air on a dime. And, you know, sometimes some coaches feel like, man, I just love the talent. I love the talent. Just let me get him and we'll, we'll make it work. We'll make it work. Like, you know how many times we've seen that? Yeah. And my thing is, you know, congratulations to, the, to, to both of them, both. But at the same time, I do have a big question mark because I'm just saying, okay, Trey Lance was at North Dakota State. Okay, you do really good at North Dakota State. It's a really good college football program. But at the same time, you only had 17 starts. This is a totally different level. You're going to the San Francisco 49ers where right now is probably the toughest division in all of pro football. Yeah. And, you know, with only that many starts, like it's hard for me to like – if I'm making that pick, how do I make that pick based off that short term of paperwork? I mean, of film work that I have on him, it goes mm -hmm. back to Mitchell Trubisky. He only started his senior year at North Carolina and mm -hmm. he ended up being the first pick over Deshaun Watson and over my gosh, who's the other guy that was in that draft that year? Oh, um, Pat Mahomes. And so he ended up being, <laughs> oh, picked. Well. <laughs> I know, right? He ended up being picked off both of them. Yeah. And I'm just like, really? Yeah, You know, like he only had a short amount of film and it's not like North Carolina was winning a bunch of games that year. Right. And, you know, he still gets drafted first overall. We see how that turned out. But I will say this for Justin Fields, I would not be upset at all because at the end of the day, he's in a better situation with Chicago than he would have been with the Jets. And I yeah. say this because the Jets has a new head coach, you know, I guess new GM. And when you have all those parts just now getting together, it's going to take a minute for all that to begin the jail. Where mm -hmm. Justin Fields, the only thing the Chicago Bears are really missing, which they just a playoff, a year playoff team from removed, is just the quarterback. Yep. And I feel like he already has a great defense. He already has a run game. And he has some really good targets to throw the ball to. So I would be more excited about going to Chicago than if – I would have been taken by the Jets. And the next thing is, yes, he could have went to the 49ers and been really good with Kyle Shanahan because he does a really good job of, of dealing with moving quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. I may have thought Kyle may have thought about taking taking Justin Fields, but maybe he had RG3. They did okay the first year, but the next two years, they kind of bump, 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 and then it just broke apart. So yeah. you just never know. I, I feel like, you know, all these guys, time will tell, but I'm just like you, though. Like, I didn't see enough film work. I didn't see the matter of competition level that they're playing against to be taken that high over guys that have proven and played in the playoffs at the highest level you can play in college mm -hmm. football. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. But it makes me 
uh, really excited to see kind of how they show themselves. I will say in watching, you know, different coverage throughout the day and several days leading up to the draft, Trey Lance, he's got something about him. He, the way he conducts himself in, in interviews and the way he speaks about the game and his play, I think he's, he seems wise beyond his years. And I've, I've been really impressed with the way in which he's kind of gone about his business, even when discussing, you know, some of the, you know, backlash that people have toward him being picked so high. I could see him really coming to his coming into his own. And I won't be surprised if, if the 49ers kind of saw that in him, but I just, you know, it's crazy to think that they both got picked two and three with, uh, you know, arguably guys out there that have proven more. But uh, I think that Zach Wilson is, is probably feeling pretty good, not only being the number two draft, but what they did beyond that to help him. They spent their next three selections rebuilding the offense around him at multiple positions. They traded up ahead of the Pats to get a top 10 prospect and an O-lineman, got an explosive pass catcher in Elijah Moore, obviously an old Miss guy, and a three down back in Michael Carter from UNC in the fourth round. So they I'm sure Sam Darnold was sitting in Charlotte going, really, guys? Like, they never invested in the offense like that when Sam Darnold was back there. And now they get this, you know, this shiny new quarterback that they're so hype on, and then they spend the rest of the draft building around him. And, I mean, you can't ask for more when you're a young quarterback than that. But uh, I have covered both Elijah Moore and Michael Carter in my career and was very impressed by both of them. So I think those are great picks as well. And I think the Jets are, are really making a concerted effort to build around him. It's just going to be a matter of how Zach Wilson develops into a NFL caliber quarterback. That kind of will be the... Uh, the big key, obviously. And then at the four pick, the Atlanta Falcons did end up selecting Kyle Pitts. I get it. This guy is a freak athlete. He's going to make a difference. I just think the Falcons have a lot bigger fish to fry, but that's just me. No one asked. Uh, and then at number five, the Bengals took the first wide receiver of the draft in LSU's Jamar Chase, reuniting him with Joe Burrow. That was another theme this year. There were several former college teammates that were reunited. This one was the first, and then Jalen Waddle right after was drafted by the Dolphins, so he'll be reuniting with Tua. And then Devontae Smith drafted by the Eagles, reuniting with Jalen Hurts. Love to see that, and you got to think that that's going to provide a bit of a benefit for these young guys stepping into the league for the first time to have a bit of familiarity out there and a bit of a pre-established connection. So that's that's super exciting to see. Uh, Patrick Sertain from Alabama went nine to the Broncos. South Carolina's J.C. Horn was eighth to the Panthers. Panay Sewell from Oregon was seven to the Lions. So uh, the top ten is is I thought it was a very impressive draft. I know the further those quarterbacks fell, the, the more confused people were. Mac Jones did end up going to the Patriots and the most predictable thing in uh, the world. At the end of the day, you've got quite a long list of Alabama guys that went in this year's draft. Very, very impressive. Even as an Auburn grad, you can't deny how impressive that is to see that many of them go. But 
who do you think, whether it's, you know, an individual, like I was talking about Zach Wilson's, you know, situation or just a team, who do you think walked away from the draft having quote one, who really impressed you in, in the way the draft panned out? Ooh, that's a great, 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 great question. Ah, oh, man, let's, uh, Ooh, I would probably have to say, hmm, I'm going to go with Jacksonville, and I'm going to tell you why. Okay. It's not because they took Trevor Lawrence at number one. It's just that fact that who did they take as their their, the next guy in the first round? They took the running back, his running back, and that guy was a weapon. And any time that you can put two pieces together when you bring in your young quarterback and you want to make him feel comfortable – you bring in somebody with him that he already has chemistry with. Absolutely. And I think that's going to pay huge dividends for the NY because they're in a division with the Colts uh, who's just trying to figure out, okay, they got Wentz, they got a good football team, but is that going to transpire into something that you have a Houston do not know what their quarterback situation is going to be like right now at the moment. And then you have Tennessee Titans, who's a really good football team. You know, they're down here, run the football and, and play action pass with Tannehill. But I think Jacksonville – put Trevor Lawrence in a situation to come in and feel comfortable. And if everything breaks down around him on the field, he has that one guy that he's played with for the last three years that he can dump the ball off to and go make a play for him. So that's the only reason I would say in that aspect. Now back to what you said about Atlanta. When, uh, when Trey Lance went to San Francisco, Justin Fields is from the Atlanta area. Mm -hmm. So I thought, Hmm, this could be interesting because if he gets drafted to Atlanta, Matt Ryan's turning 36. Uh, he's young in the man age, but in football, it's almost dinosaur. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so true. So I thought it may be an opportunity for Atlanta right there to like make a push and go get Justin Fields and get mm-hmm. the fan base like super excited or something about the future. Yeah. Uh, just because just face, you know, Matt Ryan probably played two more years at Atlanta. Now, if he lights it up, it'll be longer. But from reality of watching what they've been doing over the years, they've been lighting up offensive, but they still haven't been able to get over the hump. It's always been, like you said, a defensive struggle for them. And I thought it was hard for them to pass up Cal Pitts. Like it's just hard for them to pass that guy up. Like that type of talent comes along at the tight end position once every 15 years, Uh, you know, a guy that can run that fast, that big, that strong. So I don't think they had a choice, but to take him. So that was probably, you know, the draft, the the pick that I think we will sit back and see based off behind the quarterbacks that the first tight end ever in history drafted fourth overall makes this big of a difference in the offense. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be on him. But, I mean, I think that the evolution of the tight end position in the passing game has, has been substantial, and Atlanta knows that. I mean, look no further than last year's Super Bowl. You've got Gronk and you've got Kelsey. I mean, mm-hmm. it's become such a, a pivotal piece of a, an effective offensive attack. I'm looking at you, Auburn. Let's see this become <laughs> part of it. Um, and they were – they had – who did they have last year? Hertz or um, – Hayden Hayden Hurst last year and and they were you know they kind of had high hopes for him in Atlanta and he didn't really pan out and so you've got the option at this guy and and you know that this isn't one that's going to linger you know what I mean if you're not getting him in the top five somebody's getting him in the top 10 so you're not getting another chance it's a now or never kind of thing and uh heck I, I guess the Jets and and the 49ers probably felt that way about um you know 
Lance and, and Wilson. I think that top five, it was, it was a bit of a poker game leading up to it. Everybody was kind of playing coy and there were multiple reports coming out, but everybody had their eye on, you know, a, a, a select few and knew that if we don't get him here, someone else is. And so they just, everyone had to, to pull the trigger on, on who they had their eye on. And I get it. I'm sure he's going to have an unbelievable career. I just, the fourth overall pick in the NFL draft is such a huge, huge gift. And Atlanta needs a lot of gifts right now. So I just, I'll be interested to see what else they can do around him. But I actually, and I'm sure I'm biased, but I I really do think that the Panthers had a very successful draft and they did it in a very methodical way almost Scott Fitterer was just racking up trades left and right we walked out of there with way more picks than we initially were gonna get and uh there was a little bit of hesitation in the number eight pick going with corner Mm, I was gonna Uh, ask you that yeah JC Horn I mean I'm hype on the kid I think he's a fantastic athlete and we need some spark in that secondary big time but I just think that I'm also not I'm not sold on <laughs> Sam Darnold. And so with Justin Fields still available, I was really hoping they were going to do that. But look, they are they have made it clear that they are committed to Sam Darnold and and to attempting this. My fear is just kind of stemmed a little bit of PTSD from the Teddy Bridgewater situation because that's exactly what they did with him. It was kind of a an unexpected, I mean, to a certain degree, even though Matt Rule and Joe Brady both had experience with Teddy, I get that. But it, it did seem a little out of left field that this was going to be the guy that they just gave the reins to and they were going to completely build this whole new culture team offensive scheme around him. It was kind of a, a shock to a lot of people and they forked out a lot of money that I personally don't think was warranted. And so this kind of feels eerily similar to that where Sam Darnold, like, yeah, he's shown glimpses, but he hasn't proven his stability in the league. And I just think to put all of your eggs in that basket and build around somebody that still has a lot of question marks, I just don't feel super confident about it so to me getting a guy like Justin Fields who does have that run ability and that scramble ability even if you just want to have packages around him early in his career and allow him to evolve and eventually become the future look they were talking huge numbers to try and get Deshaun Watson in Carolina that was very much a major part of this offseason that was something that they were very open to trying to make happen. Justin Fields and Deshaun Watson have very similar play styles. So I just thought that that would have been a a great situation. And then when they got JC Horn, it just kind of seemed um, a little bit out of the blue, but the longer I've, I've thought about it and looked into it, I like him. I like him a lot. And I like the spark that I think he could provide to a defense that has had, had several pieces fall off in years past, but Later on, you know, into the draft, they had a four-pick run of Terrace Marshall Jr., Brady Christensen, Tommy Trimble, and Chuba Hubbard. And I've covered Chuba Chuba Hubbard in my career and was very impressed by him running back out of Oklahoma State. So they did build on the offensive side, and they were able to do it with more numbers because of the way they approached trades. And I just – I think they did a really good job. I think the draft and the way they structured it 
from a business perspective, I, I, I had a lot of respect for. I, I think Carolina is looking at this one or two ways. Okay. We got Sam Darnold. Okay. We were able to plug in a lot of other holes that we really, really need. Sam Darnold has started games in the league. He's, he still yeah. can throw a good ball. Let's see how it transpires with him being away from the Jets, who's sometimes known as a crazy organization yeah. and see what we can do with him. But at the same time, we're still trying to wait and see what the smoke and the fire is in the Deshaun situation. And I think they really, really want him in Carolina. I think they're they're willing to try to pick up some people because they may have to use some of these picks as trade bait. And uh, and Sam Dorner may be a trade bait to Houston if this stuff with Deshaun comes out to be not true. And if that comes out to be not true, they're going to throw the pick at Houston to get Deshaun into Carolina because he played at Clemson and he's close to there and it was stout the fr- the fan base. Oh, yeah. The only problem is this is going to take a while to to get through and sort out and we may be through the football season before this is even sorted out. So, totally. you know, it's just that I think they're trying to see what happens now and then they'll deal with the future later. So I think they feel like we'll see what Sam Dorner, uh, how he adapts and, and see if we can really grow him this year. Then right. We can't then we'll try to make some other moves come this offseason. No, that's a really great point. And if it is, you know, a a process that lingers, which it very well could, your insurance policy being a guy that has league experience like Sam Darnold, you feel a little better about it than a true rookie who wasn't, you know, even a top five pick. It it would have been one of the later ones, which I did not anticipate Justin Fields being an option, but I do like his fit in Chicago. I think he's going to do really well there. So it was exciting to see all of it as it always is. And it was so refreshing to see that many fans in attendance and just see a normal, somewhat normal draft. And to hear Roger Goodell say that, you know, he's excited to see that many people in stadiums this fall. Like it was just Very encouraging to get to see. But before we uh, close out for the day, I do just want to go ahead and mention there have been a few Auburn guys that have entered the transfer portal in the last week. Safety, Chris Thompson, defensive lineman, Jay Hardy, quarterback, Chael, Chael, Chael. Yeah, don't ask, don't ask me. (laughs) Okay, we'll call him Garnett. And Jared, all of them have entered. They were all, well, three of them were part of the 2020 recruiting class and now have entered the transfer portal. And um, look, I mean, it's never comforting to see any enter the transfer portal. And it certainly becomes alarming when multiple names start coming out. But I think what you started the show with is very applicable that coach Harson it means what he says when he's looking for guys that aren't just going to avoid hard work, but they thrive on hard work. And he's looking for those guys with that passion and that adrenaline and that work ethic. And that may mean that you've got fewer of them than you would like to, but it's about quality right now. It's about caliber. And so not to diminish, you know, these guys and say that they're not hard workers at all. That's not what I'm saying. I mean, they're doing what they feel is best for them. And if Auburn isn't their fit, you know, everybody's got to make their own decisions for themselves. But as an Auburn fan, I think we can't see headlines like that and get discouraged thinking no one wants to be a part of our program. Because then if you hear the head coach saying, I want guys here that are going to have a fire and a passion behind their game 
as an Auburn fan, you know how that's the core. That's the core of Auburn football. That's the foundation of Auburn football. And so those are the guys that we all want to see take the field. So certainly wish these these guys the best as they, you know, move forward. But uh, Jason, I'm sure you would you would echo that that for Auburn fans, you just you gotta hold hold tight to the the trust that Coach Harson is is putting in the work to have the kind of athletes that we all want to see at Auburn. Yeah, people, you just got to be patient. And the reason I say that is, let's think about three kids that you said a transfer was part of the 2020 signing class. Let's think about it. That really wasn't, you know, those wasn't Coach Harson's guys in the first place. Right. And, you know, those guys came there under Gus, on the Gus recruiting, recruiting trail. And sometimes, you know, when a new coach come in, there's a new philosophy and that philosophy may not fit everybody. And those guys may feel like, hey, you know, this is not the place for me anymore. I came here because of Gus. So, you know, they may end up transferring somewhere else and who knows, they may end up at central Florida. So, you know, you just don't know, but sometimes you got to wing out some of the, some of the, the crop until you can get to what you want. That's the main seed that grows everything around it. And sometimes you need that good, that you, you have to dig through. And then sometimes if a guy doesn't want to be there and this is my thing, it's just like when you play any sport, if a person's heart is not in it, don't play it because yeah. you're not going to get your best effort. You're not going to give your best effort and you're not going to help the people around you. So if these guys feel like their opportunities are better somewhere else, then let them go ahead and take their opportunity. It doesn't have anything to do with the Auburn program or this and that. Like people let's be patient because coach Harson hadn't even got to a season yet. And he's already having to, he came when he got hired by Auburn, most of the recruiting was already done. And mm -hmm. he didn't have an opportunity to put his stamp on it. So his first real recruiting class will come in 2022. Yeah. So we have to understand that to give him the patience that he needs and to understand that building a program, if anyone's ever been hired by at a new job or anything, you already know once a new boss comes in, things change because the old way was the old way. So you had to adapt to the new way are you going to be let go? So it, it's no different when it comes to college football. And, you know, Coach Harsons, like I said, he right now he's a tough-nosed guy, and that's all I keep hearing. And, uh, and I, I and you know, Auburn kind of understands that. And, and like he said, he wants guys that are going to be there. And just keep patience in mind because anything worth having is going to take some time to get there. So let's celebrate, celebrate the small victories as they come and have patience for the adjustment period, because it certainly is going to be that. Well, that is going to wrap it up for us this week on Believe in Everything Auburn. Little housekeeping update. We are not going to have an episode next week. It actually worked out that Jason and I both have a vacation scheduled next week. So we are both going to be out of town, unable to get an episode out. But you'll have this one to uh, hear all about the NFL and the draft and all of that for the next week and a half before we crank out another new episode so just a little update in case you go looking for one next week that is why it will not be there but we will be back the week after that so we hope everyone has a great couple of weeks until we talk again everyone uh be safe be healthy be happy and war eagle Yes, how are you, everybody? And to all you mothers out there, it's Mother's Day weekend. I just want to say everyone have a happy, happy Mother's Day weekend. People hug your mothers, love your mothers. They deserve it. Give them all their gifts and flowers while we can. And uh, thanks for all the mothers that put in all the hard work that made beautiful, great daughters as well that will one day be mothers as well. So we thank you and all that you do. Jason, that was beautiful.
I'm touched. Appreciate it. <laughs> For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.